All right, and welcome to our monthly AA meeting. I am Alice, a bisexual woman. Hi, I'm Alexi, and I'm also a bisexual woman. Hi, I'm Dan. I'm here. In actuality, this probably isn't an AA meeting, although it is led by um, Alice and Alexi, so two A's in there. Welcome to another slightly out-of-the-ordinary episode. So this will be similar to the ACE conversation that Dan and I both had last year, but this time, in addition to myself, we have a second voice for bisexuality. Hello. This episode will also delve uh, more in than I think we did in our ACE discussion Mm -hmm. into the history of bisexuality, including some famous figures who were bi, and how people actually treated it during those times. And as a quick aside, um, bi is short for bisexual. Kind of similar to how ace is short for asexual. So you'll be hearing that quite a few times throughout this podcast. Let's start off with the definition of bisexuality. Dictionarily speaking, bisexuality is feeling attraction towards two or more genders. On a general level, for most bi people, this means that they're biologically attracted towards bodies with XX and XY chromosomes, but this doesn't necessarily include or exclude intersex people, and like everything with people, it's complicated. And it's not necessarily the same amount of attraction to both sexes, and there's also gender, which is a completely separate field. Bisexual people might feel 50-50 attracted to men and women, some would be 90-10 one way or another, some bisexual people might be attracted more to feminine presentation of men and women. It can fluctuate. And also, being able to be attracted to different types of people doesn't mean you are attracted to everyone. A little more simply, bisexuals are attracted to both males and females, but they can be also attracted to non-binary and intersex and basically every other part of that gender identity spectrum. And a quick note, bisexual romantic attraction and bisexual sexual attraction can be different for people. Some people might be attracted to all women romantically, but might only be attracted to the physiological presentation of having breasts, etc. And we'll get more into detail on the difference between romantic and sexual attraction later, but generally bi people are attracted to two or more types of body, and it's important to know that intersex people are people who have transitioned, and that there are just more than two types of body in in general. We want to be inclusive here. Even if this doesn't match with romantic attraction to gender identities, individual bi people will have differences, and nothing that we say is going to apply for every bi person and every bi experience that you see. Many bi people will also take offense to bisexuality being considered exclusionary towards non-binary people, We'll talk more about that later. (laughs) That sounds exhausting. With a bit of a complicated definition out of the way, let's go a little bit into the history. So bisexuality was a phrase coined in 1892 by Charles Gilbert Chaddock in his translation of Kraftdying's Psychopathia Sexualis. But this orientation has a much longer history. Historically, the only bi people who were referred to are mostly men in the texts. Usually, these were younger men entering relationships with older men to give them experience and wisdom. Hello, pedophilia. Technically a phoebophilia, but I digress. Mm. This is where we get into ancient Roman Greece. Bisexuality was extremely common in ancient Greece, as men when they were younger would engage in relationships with men, but then go on to marry women. Bisexuality has meant different things over history, and oftentimes men could continue to have partners of both sexes so long as they took the penetrative rule and depending on the social status of their partner. So that's already a place where you can see that our traditional definition of bisexuality is different. You would only be a gay man if you were receiving, so to speak, which already shows you how sexuality is fluid and can't entirely be applied to historical societies. But some examples were Achilles, Zeus and Poseidon, Big surprise there. (laughs) (laughs) 
Then, males being allowed to court other males, but it didn't invalidate marrying a woman. I would like to say that the Greek myths also have basically everything in terms of who the gods can have sex with, so <laughs> that's pretty... <laughs> yes, everyone and everything. Correct. And they can be everyone and everything as well. <laughs> but another example is Alexander the Great having both wives and male lovers. That's a bit of realistic examples behind that. Um, funny enough, in Japan, there was a very similar culture. There was a full, young men are a third gender sort of mentality, where young men and older men were literally differentiated from each other by the hairstyle that one wore. There was a very attractive forelock that all the men and women were swooning over. No exaggeration. <laughs> and there were certain social norms around the power of women over young men, as well as older men over younger men, because of course, older men, similar to in Greece, had to take the penetrative role. But, just like Greece, it was still normal to have these quote-unquote straight marriages where a man would then go on to marry a woman. This whole bisexual thing also went mostly towards men only, but lesbian relationships were still very obscure and rather frowned upon in most areas of Japan. Sounds about right. There was also the relationships between younger samurai trainees and older samurais. So again, with this mentor-mentee relationship, it was often expected to turn romantic or sexual. And this was known as Shudo, which resulted in a quote-unquote lifelong friendship. Though the sex theoretically stopped once said mentee got married. Theoretically, I guess. <laughs> yes, it did not always. Once again, this is very similar to these relationships in ancient Greece, and it didn't just stop uh, at Shudo, it actually also went into Buddhist monasteries, which is, well, I can see where Europe got its inspiration from. And I forgot to mention this earlier, but there's a history of Julius Caesar being by, which I feel like ah, is important to yes. mention. Oh, yeah. And he many, has several personal writings about it. So that just lets you see that bisexuality, especially among men, was really common. Unfortunately, women have often been more overlooked by history because there are fewer famous figures who are women, and also a lack of appreciation for the rich inner lives of women has been yes. kind of the norm. Yeah, They're... back then and uh, through, well, more recently. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting to note that in some cases bisexuality and sexuality between men was driven by the idea that relationships between men were of a higher status than relationships between men and women. So in a sense... You could almost see gay relationships between men as higher, like, we hate women, therefore sex with men is better mentality. So another thing that we wanted to mention was the Native American two-spirits, who could take on both male and female roles, and within those had both heterosexual and homosexual relationships. So you could argue that these people were bisexual, and you could also argue that they weren't bisexual because of their gender fluidity. And that just shows you how bisexuality really depends on the specific culture, but throughout time there always have been people who, broadly speaking, have liked having relationships with men and women. Other historical examples a little more recently in some women, Eleanor Roosevelt had a lover named Lorena Hickok despite her marriage, and Virginia Woolf also, according to her diaries, loved her husband Leonard Woolf deeply, but also had a relationship with Vita Sackwell West, a female poet. And we might never know how many people were truly bisexual because of rules at the time restricting them from being public about their orientation, and just how many historical figures requested that their personal diaries be burned after their death. <laughs> Why? We'll never know. Gee. <laughs> and without being historians, we'll say they were best friends about it. It's also difficult to always apply modern uh, orientations to the complexities of historical figures. But luckily, many more people have come out explicitly as bisexual in recent years so that we can hear it from them in their own voice. 
Exactly. One of the interesting things, should anyone want to look into it as a side note, are how trans people have been portrayed throughout the years, because there are quite a few nobles, especially in Europe, who might have actually been transgender women these days, uh, as it was usually men, or quote-unquote men. But there's no way to really tell for sure, because they could have just really liked to dress and drag and go against the cultural norms, or they could have legitimately felt like they were a different gender. In more modern Western cultures, moving a little bit forward in time, bisexuality was treated very similarly to homosexuality. There were hormone therapies, electric shock therapies, castration, etc., as often punishments or cures. And again, they were not cures. <laughs> now, this only stopped around the 1970s, which is more than a little too recent if you ask me. Another thing to mention was that one of the first bisexual appearances in media was a character in the 1914 film A Florida Enchantment. This film is essentially about people who eat these quote-unquote seeds and turn into the opposite gender, and the stereotypes of gay men and women, uh, it leaves a lot to be desirable to say the least. Though at least the people in this movie did show that couples uh, who took these seeds were still technically attracted to each other, generally speaking, sometimes. It was a slightly better initial portrayal than I was expecting when I went into the film. That being said, I think this film is absolutely offensive in its portrayals of not only men and women, but transgender and, well, all sexualities in general as well. The exaggerated emotions and actions were honestly downright uncomfortable for me to watch. And it also has blackface, which, um, common in the time of 1914, but I think that says more than enough about the integrity of the film. Yeah, that sounds about right. Living for this uh, film critic review. <laughs> <laughs> now, another thing that I do want to mention is in 1779, when Thomas Jefferson, yes, that Thomas Jefferson, had drafted a law that would downgrade the punishment of homosexuality from death to castration. And, you know, funny enough, it didn't pass, because apparently people still thought, eh, same-sex same relations... Death. Yeah. Stone. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson, notable pedophile. Anyways, uh, in the 1920s, Freud theorized that bisexuality came about from trauma inflicted on someone while they were still in the womb, and he argued that in the developmental phase, the baby's gender wasn't yet specified and that any attraction to the same gender was caused from babies not developing normally at this stage. Ah, yes, another reason to fight Sigmund Freud. I will be making an episode on him in season two. You heard it here first, folks. Next year you get to hear us shame Freud. The episode might be longer than this one. I uh. hate to say it, but I think Freud, the shame, I don't know, might enjoy it too much. <laughs> oh, yes. Also, it's typical for people who are bisexual or who are gay or lesbian to be more gender nonconforming than their straight peers, which further led to the idea that as children, bi people were somehow worse or broken compared to their straight peers. But in 1948, Alfred Kinsey came up with a sexuality spectrum, which was a bold idea because he was the first person to show that there were a lot more bi people than anyone realized at the time, and it's suspected that he himself was bi. But it's important because it showed people for the first time in a kind of more public studied way that there's mm -hmm. an option in between being gay or in between being straight, even though those relationships and by relationships had been going on the entire time. Actually, as a quick aside, I think that his work was one of the first studies to show that bisexuality might be just a little bit more common in women than in men. There have actually been a few very interesting studies about sexual reactions, basically, to watching, for example, pornography with women versus men. 
And, well, the results kind of show that women might be a lot more bi than we thought. <laughs> Which I think is a really interesting thing to note. Moving forward past the 1950s into the 1960s, bisexuals became a big part of the gay rights movement. Brenda Howard actually played a major role in organizing the 1969 nice, Gay Pride March. <laughs> <laughs> and Donnie and the Punk made the first on-campus LGBT plus student group in 1966. Absolutely iconic. Homosexuality was actually only declassified as a disorder in 1973, and bisexuality was roped along with it, so this was good news for bi people too. Yay! And, uh, unfortunately it did take a lot longer for ace people to be declassified as a disorder. Her condolences. Yeah. <laughs> Not ideal. In 2018, India decriminalized homosexuality, and recently there has been a lot of progress, especially in Asian countries, towards homosexuality and therefore, to some extent, bisexuality not being a criminal offense punishable by death. But it is important to note that there's still over 70 countries with laws against homosexuality on the books and over 10 countries where there's a death penalty against being gay. So just yeah. because we live in a Western country and we're mostly exposed to accepting ideals, thankfully, we should mm -hmm. remember that our experience isn't necessarily everyone's experience. Yeah. Quite frankly, our history section here will probably be continuing on for the next century or so, realistically speaking, because as Alexi just mentioned, there is still quite a bit of homophobia and biphobia that we need to work through just legally speaking, let alone from everything else. And I think that that's actually a perfect transition into pop culture. Right. So being bi has been much less represented in the media than being gay, even through the late, the mid to late 2010s, which is a weird way to think about that decade. Um, bisexuality is often referred to as one of the erased sexual identities, along with aromantics and asexuals, although it has been gaining recognition. And the interesting thing about that is that over half of LGBTQ plus adults are bisexual. Bisexual people are the majority in the LGBT community, but despite this, gay and lesbian identities are more prevalent in pop culture. Even bi celebrities that are known to be bi, like David Bowie and Freddie Mercury, are often considered just to be gay. Bisexuality in general is often erased because when a bi person does settle down into a monogamous relationship with someone, people are like, oh, they're not bi anymore, but they didn't stop being bi just because they married someone. And with the rise of the internet, some things have become in-jokes among the bi community, among them cuffing jeans, peace signs, and sitting weirdly in chairs, <laughs> though obviously these stereotypes don't fit everyone. And in pop culture, bisexual people often don't come out because part of a big part of pop culture representation of bi people is of bi people as flaky and willing to sleep around with other people and not ah, willing to threesomes. be monogamous. The threesomes. Partially because of that negative representation, even though there are many bisexual people, they often won't come out because of a lack of understanding and because of a lack of need to come out necessarily if they're dating a partner of the opposite sex. In a 2013 Pew Research survey, only 28% of people who identified as bisexual said they were open about it, and that's partially because when you're bi, a lot of negative reactions will come, say, from the person you're dating. Like, oh, you like everyone, that means you don't like me as much as, like, doesn't, don't you see how that means I like you more if I could choose from everyone? Mm. Plus, I mean, technically speaking, a lot of people who are bisexual will fear the backlash on both sides of the spectrum, which I think we talk about a little bit later. But just because you come out as bi to someone who is, say, uh, lesbian or gay, sometimes that can actually make them more averse to wanting to date or accept you because you're sleeping with the opposite gender, which can be a problem in some people's eyes, and it's incredibly unfortunate. 
going off of that, there are actually a lot of bi characters in television shows and movies who were women hinted to be in relationships with each other. But since said networks didn't approve of same-sex relationships, both girls ended up with a guy by the end of the show. And to go a little bit more into this whole concept of bi erasure and what is known as queer baiting, for anyone who's heard the term, I'd like to bring up a few examples. You have Riverdale, which is a series I'm not entirely knowledgeable about, but I do want to mention it here because of some of the, well, internet outrage surrounding Veronica, the girlfriend of, as I understand, one of the lead male protagonists. Apparently there's an episode where she kisses another cheerleader, I have seen the photos, and this was done just as an outro for the cheer routine, so basically to make it look hot. This lies more of an example of the fetishization of bisexuality, but seriously, what the heck, Riverdale? This is one of its many problems. I will say that in the show, one of the other characters calls it out and is like, oh, why do you think that, like, a same-sex kiss is dramatic anymore? I remember because I also looked up, <laughs> I also looked this up for the podcast. But that still doesn't necessarily make all of the representation that's given in that show exactly favorable, and it's known for being a very problematic show. That's true. This is just one of the many examples. Yeah. The other one is, that's on basically all of the top ten lists is Xena and Gabrielle. This is one of the more popular examples, given how one of the scenes in the show literally has these two best friends cuddling with each other with little to no clothing in a hot tub. But no, that's not gay, the way that they look at each other and call attention to each other and literally are less than five feet apart in a hot tub. That is not gay. Two guys sitting five feet apart in a hot tub because they're not gay. They weren't five feet apart, so what does that say? Be negative five inches. <laughs> no kidding. Now... Many fans also see queerbaiting subtext in shows like Star Trek, Merlin, Sherlock, and Once Upon a Time. And as a viewer of a lot of these shows, I can definitely see where that perspective comes in, especially since there's a lot of chemistry and character dynamics that would definitely be perfect for that romantic interpretation. Some say that Merlin was a show that was made specifically as an allegory for concealing one's sexual orientation in the same way that one had to conceal their magic, and there are loads of fan theories spanning off of that. My personal view is that likely not all of these shows had actually meant to portray uh, the connections between these lead characters as romantic, but especially in cases like Sherlock, given those interviews that I've read, romantic undertones were definitely intentional and definitely existed, and showing these characters in solely straight relationships very much straightwashes these characters. Mm. Last but not least, I'd like to end up with Supernatural. Yeah. Yeah, I'm giving this one an honorable mention because technically Castiel really only seemed to have eyes for one person, but Dean, on the other hand, seemed to be more of a bisexual character. Although, again, contention about that. The ending of the show was obviously a huge point of drama for these fans, but given that both characters died shortly after Castiel's love confession, I definitely have to say that this is the ultimate definition of queerbaiting, especially when Dean had been shown to be in straight relationships prior and, uh, well, he lived until the end of the series. Many, many celebrities are also bi and have come out as bisexual recently. It's definitely increased hugely, even within the last few years. Lady Gaga, Megan Fox, Frank Ocean, Lindsay Lohan, and going further into the past, David Bowie, Elton John, and Freddie Mercury. And a lot of celebrities will also say that they're attracted to more than one gender, but don't outright want to label themselves as bisexual. I believe Frank Ocean is an example of this. Mm -hmm. He said that he doesn't care particularly for labels, 
Tyler, the creator, there are lots of people, even Freddie Mercury, I think, in his lifetime was not a huge fan of labels. Hmm. But for the purposes of this discussion, it's helpful to know that even though bisexual can be a charged label and people might not appreciate it, these are all people who've had relationships with both men and women. However, even some of these bi-celebrities can be biphobic, which is really unfortunate. Mm. Megan Fox herself said that she loved being bi, but also said that she would never sleep with a bisexual woman because, quote, that means they also sleep with men and men are so dirty that I'd never want to sleep with a girl who had slept with a man. The blink hypocrisy there just absolutely astounds me. And that actually leads into a quick thing I want to address. There are several issues within the bi community, like any other community naturally. But one especially toxic one that I personally hate is people making jokes about how men are trash or why do I have to like men, but women are beautiful and women are art. And it frustrates me because there's nothing wrong with being a man and I'm bi because I could eat because I could love a man or I could love a woman. Or I could love both, obviously. Or neither. <laughs> Uh, not me. Um, <laughs> also, in general, it's just a rude and awful thing to do. It's the first lesson of being of non-discrimination that you aren't supposed to mock immutable inherent traits like sex, sexuality, and race. So if you're someone who's always making jokes about like men are awful and disgusting, maybe rethink that. Yeah, it's definitely something that we have to get off the TikTok trending page. Because yeah. I would love to stop saying those. That would be ideal. Moving on, let's go into some of the other terms that bisexuality can often get confused or correlated with. So firstly, I'd like to take bisexuality versus pansexuality. Now, pansexual uh, has been around for a while, but it did become a popular term and identity because people basically erroneously believed that bisexuality promoted non-binary and trans erasure or limited a person to how many genders they could be attracted to. But that's absolutely not true. Pansexuality does mean being attracted to all genders, hence pan, and many people who are pan say that they don't necessarily see gender as a factor in their romantic decisions. They rather like the person for how they look or what their personality is. I would like to know, however, that most people who identify as bisexual say the exact same thing about why they are attracted to other people. And it's not necessarily like bi people don't like others based off of their looks and personality as well. Some people use bisexuality and pansexuality interchangeably because of the slight difference in connotation, especially among a lot of people in the LGBT community, something I think that I personally hold in a bit of contention. But to me, the most important part is that people feel comfortable with their own label, whether it be bi, pan, or both. Just know that there's not a huge difference between those. Yeah. I think the idea is really just to respect whatever someone calls themselves as. Exactly. Polyamory and bisexuality is an interesting Mm. subject because I've found more than a few people who think that bisexual people are automatically polyamorous, as in they're in relationships with more than one person at a time, and that is by far not an automatic correlation. People who are polyamorous could be straight, gay, aromantic, asexual. It's not necessarily that bi people are more likely to be polyamorous because they feel like they're missing out on the other gender, and it's not like bi people are any less likely to be monogamous. It really depends on the person and what they want because even though bi people can like both genders, it's just as it's the same as when someone who's gay is in a relationship. It's like they still might like other people, but they're choosing to be with their current person. Exactly. Last but not least, I do want to talk about the slight delineation between bisexuality and being biromantic. So biromantic just means that you are romantically attracted to two or more gender identities rather than just sexually attracted. So usually, the term bisexual will encompass both romantic and sexual attraction. However, 
There are people who are, for example, aromantic and bisexual, or asexual and identify as biromantic. The user, the modern typewriter on Tumblr, who we actually mentioned in the ace discussion, does identify as a biromantic asexual herself. So some people might experience this as being sexually attracted to women, but not interested in dating them, for example. That's actually the perfect turning point to move this discussion over to some of the common misconceptions and stereotypes about bisexuality. So the first one is that bisexuality is on the road to being gay, or you want to be quirky despite being straight. These mean you're not bisexual in opposite directions. You're either not bisexual because you're actually gay, or you're not bisexual because you're actually straight. Some people are just actually bisexual. Gee, now there's a thought. Oh, wow. And while sexual identity isn't set in stone and can change many times throughout your life, being bisexual is entirely valid and scientifically supported, and there are many people who identify as bi for their entire life. There is such a thing as bi-curious, and honestly, I encourage that. If you want to explore your, your sexuality, you, you should. But you should know that if someone is coming out to you as bisexual, you should respect it. Very few people pose as bisexual despite knowing that they're gay or straight. Most are just genuinely attracted to multiple genders. Also, comparatively few bi people even come out due to biphobia. Many people wouldn't want to date a bi person because they're uncomfortable with that, which is yeah. unfortunate, but yeah. is also true. Which really calls into question the idea of bi privilege. Also, how are you going to know that someone isn't really bi? And even if you're like, ha, I got you. You never dated a girl. Like, what are you? The cop? The police for their life? Then are you still be sentence? bisexual. Are you straight if you've never been in a, a heterosexual relationship? <laughs> Personally, like, so I know a lot of people who are bi. And for a long time, like, the majority of people who I was close enough with to, like, know they identify as do identify as bisexual. It's changed a little bit with my uh, geographical change, but... Another misconception is that bisexual people are automatically down for threesomes, and just how not all bisexual people are polyamorous, being bisexual does not automatically make you either comfortable with having sex with multiple other people at once, or desiring of that. And there is a history of guys fetishizing bisexual girls so that he can have a threesome with multiple girls, and it's honestly insulting to a lot of bisexual people, women and otherwise, that this is many people's first thought when they think of the word. This also goes into the overall fetishization of women in relationships with other women. As you can see in a lot of pop culture too, like there's Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl, there's uh, rap songs where it's like, oh, she kissed a girl but she's not a lesbian, she's a freak, though, and it's like, well, are you sure? <laughs> Maybe she's just bisexual. But, yeah. There are way too many examples of that. Uh -huh. Another huge problem is the assumption that bisexuality in and of itself is inherently transphobic and invalidates non-binary and genderqueer people, which first off, no! While the origin of the word bisexuality might be too, like, bicycle binary, as our society's understanding of gender has progressed, bisexuality moved along with it, and nowadays modern bi communities often explicitly include non-binary people and have for decades. Non-binary people are new, bisexuality isn't new, and you can look back three or four decades and see bisexual people like, yes, I'm, go I'm still going to call myself bisexual, but that includes non-binary people. It just goes back to not every word has to be explicitly literal. Exactly. Yeah. Especially given that the definition is two or more, and, uh, well, there's your more. <laughs> Another very common misconception that comes off of this is that bisexuals can't and don't love non-binary people. Again, entirely a misconception, as bisexuality can encompass all genders, gender identities, and, well, body presentations in general. 
while bi in and of itself, again, does mean two things and two things only in most contexts, bisexuality can encompass up to all genders and gender presentations. And the way that I like to put the logic, especially in the case of trans and non-binary people, is this. I'm attracted to all genders. It's not a barrier for what you identify as now versus later. I like you no matter what. And another thing that comes off of that, uh, that we touched on briefly earlier, is that a person has to meet a certain ratio of men and women who you love to qualify as bisexual. Many people actually in my past asked if I was 50-50 on men and women, and I used to give them a, well, straight answer to it. 40% women and 60% men. However, after just a year or so, I realized that only encompassed the crushes that I was open with myself about, and I don't have a simple answer to that question anymore, given that it doesn't include all of the other gender presentations, you know, such as non-binary and people who I've seen on TikTok and like, wow, okay, you're kind of hot. <laughs> but now that I am more open with myself and my sexuality, all I can say is I, I like y I like all of y'all. Deal with it. <laughs> I don't necessarily have a specific percentage and I don't need one to qualify as bisexual and neither does anyone else. True. I personally feel that I'm about evenly attracted to men and women and have been throughout my life. It depends more on who's around me. I dated two women in a row and then two men in a row because that's who I was interested in at the time. And it's not like I dated women because I was going through a phase and then I went back to my true being straight. It's like, maybe I'll date a woman. Maybe I'll date a man. Maybe I'll date someone who's non-binary. It really could. Anything could happen. Mm-hmm. Now, bisexuality, again, it isn't a said slider, and while someone can be more attracted to one gender over the other, that does not mean that there is any said ratio, and it can change over time. This misconception is something that in hindsight I think is potentially rather damaging to bisexual identity as a whole, as it doesn't really matter how many people of one gender versus another that a person is attracted to. You like more than one thing. Congrats. That's all that's really needed. This honestly just goes back to the fact that there's nothing you need to do to be a real bisexual. You don't have to have any experiences to be a real bisexual. It's honestly like no one, if you're straight, is like, are you really straight? Are you sure? When's the last time you kissed someone? Have you been on a date? How often? Hey, for me, real quick, rate how often you've thought about this. You know, <sighs> pro tip, if you have Googled, am I bi? Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you're probably, probably bi-curious at the very least. <laughs> Well, that's it for now, and we will catch you in the next episode. Thanks, Thanks for listening.